0: and we're live are we live yes sweet <laughs>
1: I um, sound so like not enthusiastic I yes. know, you sound a
0: little <laughs> tired today
1: um low-key went to sleep late uh so yeah <laughs> my brain That's... is like low-key foggy but it's fine
0: okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all kind of in a state of constant fogginess yeah right about now that's true uh, that is very very true uh well all right this is the gun girls diaper podcast where we talk about real shit my name is will margulis and <laughs> sorry wow that was a really that was we have such good intros on the I show i think that's our I'm that's our Bailey strength
1: Sullivan, um or morales depends on the day just kidding you do it's legally celibar
0: yeah i was gonna say
1: (laughs) it's just like everyone knows me by bailey morales so like and also i always forget to say bailey Celeber. like i don't know like the homies know that i changed my last name but that was like in october and like my social Mm -hmm. media is still still the same so i don't know i just i don't know (laughs) right i'm so used to saying morales
0: Describe describe for the listeners and for me as well. How do you go about changing your last name without your family knowing?
1: <laughs> uh, that's easy.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> some some of my family doesn't have access to my legal documents. Like I have all of mine now in my oh. possession. Um. Yeah, big girl tings. Um, <laughs>
0: just currently things? Having <laughs> all your legal documents in your possession?
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm kind of nervous for this episode just because I can't finish a train of thought. <laughs> and we're not even <laughs> talking about anything deep right now. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? How to change your name? Just now. Like how yeah, do- you were- oh. Uh, (laughs) how did you do it without your
0: family noticing
1: (laughs) it's dumb bitch hours um (laughs) you just don't tell them and you go with other adults to change it Uh so it's not like everyone in your family gets notified if you go to court and change your last name like if i wanted people to know i would just tell
0: them so right that's true (laughs) i feel like I mean I guess clearly you're you're living proof that it's easier easier done than said. <laughs> but um I feel like I think it's gonna get to harder write... though
1: because like I'm changing my last name because, um, like at ASU it still says um Bailey Morales on all my tings. But I'm changing uh-huh. it so um I don't know. If you know when I when I graduate <laughs> and they're like Bailey Saliver and then some of my family's like who? and then I get up they're gonna be like uh <laughs>
0: <love."> <laughs> so, I don't uh, know. uh uh, uh. <laughs> um
1: a little big time rush moment but I don't know I'll probably tell my family members before graduation I mean mm-hmm. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like the most confrontational person, so if I can't avoid it for, you know, like three more years, then I, I will.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's like at graduation, you're sitting there and you're like waiting, you're like, okay, okay, I'm like, I'm two sweating. Away. I'm like, oh, okay, shit. I'm one away. <laughs> okay, it's happening. And then as soon as they say, say you just scream out, Morales! <gasps> oh my god, it's
1: me! Hey, <laughs> how y'all doing? Everyone's like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, that sounds like a good plan.
1: Yeah. That, that is a plan as of right now. <laughs> Unless, literally, oh they gosh. just ask me for my school email, and I'm be like, ah, it's bsoliverasu.edu. And they're like, why is it soliver? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, that's crazy, huh? <laughs> that's my only response like, to anything is just going to be, damn, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you could just say that... um uh the school emails are made with the first letter of your first name and then a string of random letters and <laughs> yours just happen to be Seliver.
1: Yeah, it just happens to be my dad's last name.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's really funny.
0: Um, okay, well, do we want to jump into some topics? Yes. Right about now? Yes. Right about now, NWA is uh, in full effect. Judge Dre residing.
1: Okay, so... <laughs>
0: for the case of nwa versus the police department hello bailey
1: i'm sorry i'm slightly uncultured also (laughs) very tired and i apologize in advance for the next 40 minutes of this episode
0: (laughs) that's bold of you to assume this episode is only going to be 40 minutes
1: i i know it's it's called optimism (laughs) 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 just kidding um okay so will and i were talking the other day about how the conversation around corona should shift um which is like a very very broad thing to say but basically how it came up was oh um it was a day that trump's administration was like hey how y'all doing let's like not be part of the world health organization during a pandemic And Mm -hmm. Will and I were, like, cut the camera's dead ass. Um, (laughs) And we were just, like, really confused and angry and confused. Just so confused. Um, Very confused. Also, like, the frustration is just so, uh, I don't know. It's just such, like, a daily feeling. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know if anger is is the right word. I don't know if we're, like, emotionally available to to be super angry. I think we're just, like, confused. Um, I
0: think... Oh, yeah, go on, go on.
1: But, basically, uh, that's how we started the conversation. then we were talking about... um, So, I watched this video on YouTube. I'll try to pull it up, but um, I can't multitask, so I won't. Um, Basically, uh... (laughs) it was a video about, I watched two videos, um, and there, one was, like, a nurse, um, and she was, it was, like, a, I forgot how many weeks it was, but it was, she was vlogging, and she was talking about, um, like, how it is working in a hospital, uh, during, like, COVID, and then the other one was a trauma surgeon, and I don't remember the details, because I watched them, like, both very late at night, but one of them, like, flew out to New York, um, because, I, I think it was the trauma surgeon, um, because it was, like, fuck, I'm gonna ruin the details. (laughs) Okay, one of them, (laughs) let me just say this, one of them, uh, flew to New York to, like, help, um, wherever she could, and, uh, I don't know, just both of the videos gave me, like, more insight, because I feel like, uh, I'm just so far removed from it like obviously I can watch the news and like I can like see the numbers and everything else like it's not like I don't have access to anything but because I'm not really seeing it in real life I feel a little bit disconnected from it like I don't know what it's like to work as a healthcare worker right now obviously right so um, so one of the things that like Kind of stood out to me was. Um, obviously, like if you're if you're dying from Corona, like you can't see your family members, um, and so, the, the nurse or the surgeon or whatever was saying like, that she felt like she was intruding, because she had to like hold a phone up to the dying patient, um, so that, they could FaceTime their family, and she felt that she was like intruding because usually that's a very like intimate moment with families but like she also didn't really have a choice and she was just like really disheartened by the whole thing and was she was talking about like oh I can't imagine if that was like my mother um in the hospital with corona like dying from it and not being able to see her um I don't know that just like really stood out to me because like, I hear about it, but I don't really hear the stories, like, I just see the numbers, and, like, it's so important to, it's, like, so necessary to take the time to, like, listen to the stories, and, like, see how real it is, um, Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like a lot of people our age, um, but, like, not limited to people our age, feel the same way, like, they feel kind of disconnected from it, um, like, I don't know, a lot of people I know who live in San Diego are, living life, like, completely normally. Like, the beaches are packed. Like, they're going out to eat with their friends and stuff. Um, Hello?
0: Yeah, hello. (laughs) This commercial break is brought to you by the San Diego Padres, the letter A, and the color green. Your... What did they say on PBS? They're like, um... Your viewership is greatly appreciated.
1: Jesus. Um... (laughs) Sorry. What was I saying?
0: (laughs) You were talking about how people in San Diego were living their lives like normal.
1: Yeah, um... I just feel like a lot of people, because they don't see it, uh... Either, like, don't think that it exists or, like, don't understand the magnitude of it. Um... And, I don't know, I just think that everyone should, like, take time to hear the stories and to see what it's like and to, um, you know, like, listen to healthcare workers. Because if you just, like, hear numbers. Also, this is where we got into how, like, desensitized our generation is. Because Mm -hmm. we were, um, I don't know... Like, so much tragedy has happened since we were little, between, like, shootings and, like, bombings and stuff like that. And, like, like, I don't know. It's with, oh my god, I'm feeling so fucking loud. Hold <laughs> on, I'm gonna
0: go. Okay, do it. Our second commercial break of the night is brought to you by, oh, that's what they said. It was like, um, this commercial break is brought to you by viewers like you. Thank you, oh, that's so dope that's so dope. I wish I was the uh person that got to do that voiceover because I feel like that's a very iconic voiceover like that's up there with um uh the reading Rainbow song yeah that that's it that's that's <laughs> those are the only two like jingles that I remember from my childhood. I guess the McDonald's jingle is pretty good too. yeah, I'll put the McDonald's jingle up there even though. They're objectively worse than those other two, uh, corporations. (gasps) Okay. Are we, are we back? (laughs)
1: Jesus. (laughs) Don't worry.
0: I got us, I got us covered with the commercial breaks. You're all good.
1: Oh, thank you, King. Um, anyway. Jesus. Okay. Also, um, I am wearing, uh, what's it called? Noise cancelling headphones. And noise cancelling headphones. Yes. Okay. Um, and my fan is really loud, and I don't know if it's gonna fuck up the recording, but I'll just my t- talk closer.
0: My fan to the... is, yeah, my fan's pretty loud too, but as long as I hold my phone near my face and not near my computer, it's, it's pretty fine.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, goddamn. I love losing my train of thought because there's rats stomping around the house and screaming. <laughs>
0: I'm imagining, like, big rats. Um, Big rats. Because you said stomping. stomping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you were were talking about um, how we've kind of been... Our whole childhood has just been us being desensitized as members of the Z generation. Yes. Um, But I I do want to go back to coronavirus for a second because um, in that doc, they also showed how bad it was for people that were just hospitalized? Like, not even people that died, but just for people that had to go on ventilators?
1: Yeah, so um, the nurses, I forgot what it's called. I should have, like, written things down, but whatever. Um, They have to, like, okay, if you have to be put on a ventilator, um, they have to, they give you medicine to, like, literally paralyze you. Because um, it like relaxes your muscles so that the machine can like literally breathe for you, and it's like not a fun thing. Um, and then the nurses have to like put you on your stomach for like several hours at a time and like flip you over every like how many hours? I don't know. Um, but like it's a very like hot ha- like people with COVID are very like high maintenance because of um, like the variety of symptoms and stuff and, like, how serious it is, obviously. Um, Like, the trauma nurse was talking about how uh, if someone came in from, like, a gunshot wound or something, like, that that was so easy to take care of in comparison to, like, a COVID patient. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like, she would be more calm dealing with, with that than with COVID patients. And also, like, they because they don't have like a sufficient amount of ventilators um they're all like different kinds so usually Uh hospitals like they use the same model for everything for obvious reasons um but because there's like not enough these nurses and um like physicians have to literally relearn uh like every single piece of equipment that like every ventilator because they're all Mm -hmm. different which can't imagine like how stressful that would be um, yeah. But yeah, it just kind of like opened my eyes a little bit, just because, like, I would just see these big numbers every day and like, not really. Understand like I I mean you understand it but like it's very different when you have like I don't know just more perspective like if you're if it if you're so far removed from it like it doesn't like it scares you. And it's, like, really unfortunate, but, like, I don't know. It was just a an eye-opener for me.
0: Right. I mean, it's the same thing where unless you're... Even if all the information is available about a topic, like, you have to go beyond what is presented to you in order to fully understand most things that are happening in the world. Like... Yeah. If... If the video of George Floyd's murder never existed, even if it was uh, accurately reported um, by the police department, which would never happen, by the way, um, because ACAP, Um, but in this hypothetical situation, even if it were accurately reported by the police department and they said one of our officers had his knee in George Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds and George Floyd died because of it. If we didn't have that video, almost none of this would be going on right now. And maybe that's not true, maybe something else would have set it off. But there is a certain, there's only a certain amount uh, that you can care about something when all you have is text or or like numbers, especially. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one of the things that, um, young people especially have been desensitized to is numbers um mm-hmm. you know when we when we grow up in the aftermath of 9-11 in a world where the war in the middle east is going on the war on drugs is going on where uh school shootings are uh I think in, I forget what year it was, maybe it was 2019 or 2018, but like the first four months of that year went by where there wasn't a day where there wasn't a school shooting, like every day there was a school shooting. Um, And over time when, uh, so what we were talking about uh, a few days ago with this is that as kids we were presented with those numbers Uh, the Boston bombing is another big one that um, I remember especially Um, we get presented with these numbers but because we're in you know elementary school middle school at that point um, you know the the Boston bombing happened when I was in sixth grade which is crazy because it it almost feels like it was yesterday Um, but at that point in our lives, we really had no power. I mean, you can look at exceptions like you know, Greta Thunberg, but the majority of sixth graders in this world do not own political capital. Um, <laughs> and when you live in a world where 13 kids get shot out of school, 10 kids get shot out of school, six kids get shot out of school, one kid get shot out of school, seven kids get shot out of school, day after day after day, or when you hear, um, one unarmed person of color got shot by the police today, two unarmed people of color got shot by the police today, Uh, one unarmed person of color was killed uh, with a knee in his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds today. The numbers just kind of start all blending together. And it's I I feel it's a big contributing factor um, in a lot of things. But to take it back to Corona, um, it's a big contributing factor in young people not taking the situation as seriously as they should be, because they see the numbers and they say, well, there's a lot of people in the country and 100000 people have died, but. the the mortality rate isn't that high and the, you know, there's nobody in my immediate community that seems to be infected. So I can go out and I can do whatever I want. Um, But that's simply not the case. And the, you know, once once you, you watch those videos of those nurses and you see the real consequences of life and of death, that's what you have to do in order to understand the totality of the situation.
1: like i don't know it just it's not just for young people too i mean i don't know like i don't i can't speak on behalf of like other generations obviously because like i don't know but i was just gonna say that someone um like in my family doesn't really believe in all of it which is a weird stance to take but like (laughs) um (laughs) who don't really take anything seriously like they're still going to work. They don't want to like wear a mask, or they just think like all of it is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And like I just think that like they're only paying attention. Like they think it's like a political thing, um, mm-hmm. which I think is is so frustrating because this is this is where the whole like the narrative should be shift thing comes in because what everyone should be hearing is what these nurses and doctors are going through instead of what the politicians think about everything and what they think is, like, the best thing to do. Um, Because, like, they obviously don't understand the same way that, like, nurses and doctors do. And I just feel that if stories like, you know, the ones that I watch the videos of were more prominent in the media right now than people like I don't know I, I think it would definitely like scare people but I also think it's like necessary because so many people like don't believe in it um and obviously like that's just leading to like a spike in cases and it's just making everything worse um yeah it's so, like even though it's it's sad to hear and like it definitely opened my eyes and and my heart was heavy like the you know a couple days after that and like my heart is still heavy but like it's still necessary um because now I understand it better and like I can take it seriously now like not that I wasn't before it's not like I'm like going out and like okay hold on
0: (laughs) Uh, our third commercial break tonight is sponsored by the letter K, um, the Golden State Warriors, and Cheerios, the lowest carbohydrate cereal on the market. Is she uh-huh. back yet?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the last part of that? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: I think it's not carbohydrates. It's um. It's uh. The thing, the thing with uh, heart attacks. What is it?
1: Cholesterol. <laughs> Cholesterol. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. What are you um, saying?
1: Beats me. <laughs> this is why we need to start recording when everyone in this house is dead asleep. Because, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure my sister's screaming in the mm-hmm. hallway are going to be mm-hmm. in the audio. Um, Maybe. No, like, definitely. Like, they're being super loud. Um, okay. Even though I just told them politely to not be super loud. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> you were... Oh, sp- Love you. <laughs> I'm going to stop <start> crying. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be... Oh, so messy. It's it's okay. I'm a messy bitch. I'm gonna own it. Um, Facts. What was I talking about?
0: You were talking about how we need to shift the uh, the narrative around coronavirus.
1: I wish we we recorded our conversation before because I was like so fired up and like not. Like this is so irresponsible of me to be tired right now. <laughs>
0: no you've i feel like you've been saying essentially the same things okay so
1: thank you Uh like when
0: i when i asked that question i was like okay i just hope she says the same thing that she said a few days ago and then you did so okay good yeah we're i think we're doing okay let's let's remain calm okay let's continue um okay yeah
1: so what i was getting at is that like even though it's a hard pill to swallow like the country needs it and also one of the other things that I was getting really frustrated about um when we were talking last is that um so okay let me let me put it in context so basically I don't know I think it was like it was whenever Arizona was like spiking or like we had a shit ton of cases um and it was because all of the clubs and bars are open in Scottsdale and people were like getting turned during fucking corona Uh um and so I just like I angrily emailed Doug Ducey and was like brother what are we doing like Mm -hmm. get it together sir um I'm a college student, and even I can draw better conclusions than you. Dumbass bitch. But I didn't say that because, um, for obvious reasons, I should have loved Anyway. Um, but I told someone... I told Rachel about it that I emailed Doug Ducey, and I was all, like, pissed off. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, like, uh, you know, she didn't really say much then, but when we were... When she was talking to someone else and I was in the in the room, um, she was like, yeah, I, I don't understand why people are getting... Like, you can't put it on one person. Like, you can't just blame one person. Um, which I thought was so cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, like, there's direct correlation with his decision of removing the stay-at-home order and the spike in cases... Uh, yes. I don't know how how much more clear it can get. Like, and her <laughs> her whole point was like, um, you know, it should be like people have social responsibility and, and and people should understand that they have to wear masks and it should be on the people like collectively and not just on one person. Um, but I was saying like obviously, the social responsibility thing doesn't really exist. Because if it did, then everyone would stay home without a stay-at-home order. Um, yeah. And like, even, even with even with one in place, people are still doing some fuck shit. So, no matter what you tell people, even if you tell people that, like, hey, like, this is very contagious and, like, the symptoms are really bad and there's not a cure, um, they'll still go out and they'll still live life 110% normally. Um, yeah. So, that's when our government officials are supposed to step in and be like hey um, I noticed that y'all were ignoring science Um, so I'm gonna shut things down (laughs) for everyone's sake because if you guys can't decide to stay at home then I will shut everything down so that you don't have any other option but to stay home Um, Yeah. so I was just kind of frustrated that I was getting shit for like contacting government officials about their decisions during a pandemic like i'm not gonna feel bad about that and like there's a reason that he's in that position of power is like to make decisions that will affect a bunch of people it's not like like if you believe in social responsibility so much then like do you want to just get rid of the government sis like what's your what are you getting right it's literally a pandemic and (sighs) it's their job to you know use their position wisely and protect people if they can't protect themselves. Like I don't know how that's not like a I don't know, that's just common sense to me
0: <laughs> that I would hope is common sense to most people. and it it a hundred percent doesn't make any sense because she's saying that I mean the whole the whole point of the stay at home order is that there would be no stay at home order. If everybody stayed home anyways. I know. <laughs> like, that's that's the whole shebang. That's the whole thing. And also, is that she literally if the knows order... people
1: who don't believe in it. And she gets right. so frustrated with those people in her life. And she knows that they're going out. There's... Good night. Oh, is that a podcast? <laughs> I'm gonna strangle myself. <laughs> um. if you see me die no you didn't <laughs> okay <laughs> um, okay so anyway she knows people who are still going out she's working with people who like don't really take anything seriously like she sees it in her own life that the whole mm-hmm. social responsibility thing doesn't apply to the situation like that's not yeah. Like obviously, we all we all hope that like, oh hey, you know there's a pandemic, uh, act like it. Like you would just hope that people would be like, oh shit, true. Let me wear a mask. Let me stay at home. Let me not put myself and other people at da- uh in danger. But exactly. no, um people don't think like that no matter what. So, um, that's when Mr. Ducey comes in and is like, hey, sorry, but I'm gonna keep the clubs closed. What? <laughs> like, why is that an issue? Oh my god, I hate
0: That's That's another thing with, like, let's say 99% of people were super smart and super aware and super responsible with themselves and cared about others and stayed out of public spaces and wore masks and social distance and did all that. That would still not be enough. Like, yeah. New Zealand didn't get to zero new cases, or I think zero active cases. Yeah, 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 it was zero active cases. New Zealand did not get to zero active cases by having 99% social responsibility. New Zealand yeah. got to zero active cases because they enacted laws mm-hmm. that prevented the spread. Like, it is so ridiculous to say that the people who we have chosen to give power over us are not responsible for keeping us safe and that we are the ones that are responsible for keeping us safe obviously it should be both but to completely obfuscate one obfuscate I think I'm using that right to completely obfuscate one is is uh crazy (laughs) damn that's (laughs) crazy damn that's crazy
1: (laughs) (laughs) um also like because uh a lot of people are getting their news from like whatever I don't know like politicians they listen to Um, Uh it has like become a political thing and people are like oh, like, uh, I don't know why people are putting this on Trump or, like, whatever the fuck people are saying, um, like, they shouldn't, we shouldn't be giving politicians the time of day, like, we should all be on the same page and, like, not leave any room for, like, confusion, like, there shouldn't be people who are, like, like my rights like I don't want to be muzzled like a dog like no (laughs) they think like that because of the news that they're watching whatever that may be like if everyone was hearing the same objective shit about the virus then like I I would hope that people would take it more seriously but I don't know I just think that the fact that it's become a political thing is so fucking bonkers like why did we let that happen Right. Like, I'm so f- frustrated with with that. Like, oh, my God. How do people not believe <laughs> it's happening think, at all?
0: I think this is totally something that I, I just came up with, and maybe it's not accurate at all. But I feel like when Trump was elected, there were a lot of people that voted for him basically um, for the... You know, and a lot of people vote for presidents like this and vote for anybody like this. Um, it's the who would you rather have a yeah. drink with argument. Oh,
1: Jesus. And
0: <laughs> I feel like with Trump, that was especially prevalent, um, especially within his voter base. And I think that a lot of people, when they hear, oh, Trump... Trump's response to the coronavirus pandemic has been catastrophic. They hear my friend's response to the coronavirus pandemic has been catastrophic and then they point to other people within the government or they point to just that it's a hoax or whatever. But I think the thing that kind of gets overlooked in all of that is that you know the 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 people in charge right now that aren't a part of the legislative branch or the judicial branch. The whole executive branch was put together by Trumpito. Like he the, it's it's a cabinet that he chooses the people that he wants in his cabinet. And those people are in charge of different things. The whole coronavirus or the um the pandemic response team uh, was replaced when Trump came into office, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of them were cut as well. And the whole um, the whole team was cut. And you know, you you to I think a lot of people get mad at the fact that, and this is a, a reason why it's political is that people say, "Oh, well, you can't blame it all on Trump." It's like Kind of. You can't blame it (laughs) all on Trump, but you can blame it all on Trump plus the people he appointed. So, and again, this is a point I just came up with, so I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with it. But um, I, I just think a lot of people get personally offended when you say something bad about Trump. Oh, for sure. And while at the same time failing to see that the White House and the executive branch and the country is more than just one person.
1: Yeah. Period.
0: Period. Was that a a period moment?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm trying to be enthusiastic because I'm very, very (laughs) tired. (laughs) I'm trying to hide it. (laughs) Um, oh another thing that we talked about was that oh just I mean we could go back to this but um, how you have to like seek out uh, like information you have to seek out these stories about like I don't know just to gain more perspective like watching the news is just not enough right now Um, and like even though it's, it's really saddening um oh god damn, I'm so pissed we didn't record my rant. It was so good. <laughs> okay. Um what I was saying was that even though it's sad for us to watch like twenty minutes of it, it's other people's whole lives and like their reality and it that doesn't just apply to like corona things, it's like it's like um like poverty and you know like right just struggles of like it's so important to just learn about other people's struggles like to consume like media about trans people and to like get a better understanding of that if that's um like if you don't see their struggles like on a daily basis like it doesn't mean it's not real like you have to seek it out even though it makes you sad while you watch it like you need to like, that's that's the kind of things that fuel people's anger, and that, like, leads to change. So, if more people, like, took the time to hear these stories and to learn about these injustices, then, they like, everyone would just be more inclined to want to actively make change and, like, take the time to, you know, call their representatives and call government officials and, um like, like, attorney offices and register to vote. And, like, I don't know. It just takes, like, you have to make an effort to mm-hmm. learn. Like, it's not enough to just watch whatever's on TV because right. it's not an accurate representation of everything that's going on right now.
0: Right. I feel like the uh, our definition of the bare minimum is shifting in a, a, a positive direction with this current movement because I feel like a lot of people before were like, oh, I watch the news, I stay informed on like current events which in some cases could mean actual substantive, substantive things uh, and in some cases could mean legal drama between Chloe Kardashian and a makeup brand like <laughs> yeah. you know but now i feel like we've kind of shifted the conversation uh in a more participatory direction where we're saying you can't just turn on cable news and scroll through your instagram feed as you're watching like turn on the news watch with intent go to other uh resources that you have or find other resources to double check the facts you know look up perspectives from the people that that issue affects like yeah i i hope that our country can become more aware of other people's struggles sorry i'm burping right now (laughs) hold on okay done burping um (laughs) I I I really do hope that our our country can learn from this. And there are definitely going to be some people who are obviously not going to learn from this. I'm not saying that yeah. you know, we're just going to create a perfect um uh intellectual utopia overnight, but <laughs> <laughs> and if that is going to happen, it's certainly not going to be in the United States. <laughs> um but you know, I I think that we are at least some of us are moving in a positive direction as a result of um the current media landscape so
1: yeah and like honestly there's no excuses to not do what we're talking about like yeah literally listen to like code switch (laughs) um yes (laughs) in your free time in this podcast but like like, you really have to seek out information, you have to, like, I don't, like, I live in a white neighborhood, and everyone's, like, um, conservative, (laughs) like, my, I don't know, I'm just not surrounded by, like, POC, or, um, I don't know, like, I don't, it's not, like, in my face, like, it's not in my in my circle to see um, like what it's like to be a trans person in America. But like I'm seeking out those stories and like I'm trying to learn what it's like, even though I am somewhat far removed from it right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I really encourage everyone to do that too. Like obviously it's not limited just to that, but.
0: Right. And I would say, you know, keep in mind who you surround yourself with because yeah so i've been thinking about this for a little bit i'm from oakland california um i live in a fairly diverse part of the city i went to um oakland technical high school for high school it's a public school it's known as one of the most diverse schools in the city and it's one of the most diverse cities in the country so it's one of the most diverse schools in the country and even in that school, even though I had such privilege to be able to see people from different walks of life than myself, there are so many systems in place, one within that school. I mean, we could do a whole episode on Paideia if any of uh, my tech kids are, are listening, then uh, y'all know what I mean. Um but within the school and just within society that tell you to stick with your own people
1: yeah. and
0: i i realized you know most of the way through my high school education that like yo my friend group does not necessarily look like you know the uh, the diversity breakdown at the school like i i don't remember having a ton of, um, Latino friends. Um, and the school was like 30% Latino or something like that. Um, so I, I just challenge people to think about where they're living versus who they're living with, because I think that's an essential question for people who don't find themselves able to empathize with other groups of people is whose experiences um do you know and whose do you not know
1: yeah they also talk about that on code switch (laughs) period Um, they should.
0: yes amazing we should have them on as a guest that'd be great that's definitely the way that would work in terms of the power of these two podcasts yes we're (laughs) we're
1: equals (laughs) um
0: high key high key uh, since we uploaded, and the the plays are gonna update in two hours, but um, right now we have forty one total plays on our two episodes. So
1: oh shit, seriously? It's
0: pretty, it's pretty. Yeah,
1: I was gonna ask like how like how can you see it? Cause when you just like follow the podcast, it doesn't show like how many people follow it.
0: Oh, it's on the um, it's on the anchor. Thing. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you the login code, the login stuff for that. After the okay. This. Bet. Yeah. Um. That's also where we make money, possibly. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: head empty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no thoughts. Head empty. Um. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about, um... I'm trying to think of what we were talking about the other day. Uh, coronavirus. Coronavirus!
1: Um. I... <laughs> I literally knew you were gonna say
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Shh! 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 Sh. Um... Oh, I need to correct the record on one thing. Um, so... <laughs> i talked i talked about uh the um, how I did a a project where I dressed up as George Washington and did a speech on how great he was in like fifth grade yeah. um, and i I claimed that my parents never said anything about it, but my dad informed me today that um and I completely don 't remember this just for the record but he told me that he gave me a copy of um uh i forget the exact title of it but um it's like howard zinn's history of america um mm. for uh elementary schoolers which is like howard zinn is a um am hold on let me look him up howard zinn is a historian who you know he got his um it's called a people's history of the united states uh, he, he basically got his PhD in history and then realized the same things that people are realizing today, that they never taught him that George Washington owned slaves and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so his mission was kind of to correct the record on that stuff and apparently a people's history of the United States um, is a very, very good resource for anybody that um, has is not satisfied with the uh, education in terms of American history that uh, their children are receiving in the current school system. So just wanted to Good correct shit. the record on that. <laughs> Shout out Your to Your dad's uh, like, hold
1: up. I, I did tell you that George Washington was a piece of shit. Let's not get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> kinda,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, Shout out okay. to Charles Margulis.
1: Yes. I think another thing we we're talking about too is that um like I don't know, the, the only Americans that are like valued um which this is this is old news. Everyone everyone's been known. But like unless mm-hmm. you're a cis white Christian male, like you don't really hold that much weight, sis, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, like, so many people who claim to be patriotic, uh, don't stand up for Americans, um, unless they, you know, check off all the other boxes of, like, white, cis male, Christian, whatever, um, I don't know, I, I like, see that in my, in my own people who are, um, oh. Wait. Let me not. <laughs> let me not say that. People I know, <laughs> because our last our last episode was oh. all about being patriotic, and I think I would connect the dots if I said my <laughs> so. People I know yeah. who are patriotic, um, don't care about um, the Black Lives Matter movement. They don't care about trans people. They don't really care about indigenous people. Um. Or, you know, they haven't said anything about ice and how what they're doing is terrible. Um mm-hmm. I lost my turn of thought.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I totally I totally get what you're saying. Um I saw a uh let me look up the photo. There was a, a Tucker Carlson bit Oy. the other night. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're, we're really getting into it. Um, Tucker. It is fine. Uh, also, apparently one of the things that people look up when they look up Tucker Carlson is Tucker Carlson cute. Um, I'm oh, not going to be. What?
1: <laughs> Someone said that he has a lesbian haircut and I literally lost it. <laughs>
0: republicans have no drip this man is wearing the same tie pattern in every photo
1: um y'all ever come out on the podcast (laughs) okay (laughs) moving on
0: (laughs) i know that i will never support um gay conversion therapy but i will support thinking tucker carlson is cute conversion therapy (laughs) yes one really interesting thing about Bernie Sanders playing basketball so
1: right correct yes I agree
0: <laughs> yes I, I agree with that um, <laughs>
1: you are a stupid bitch yes <laughs>
0: yes 100% um, I think we should close by talking about um, let me pull up his name so I don't mispronounce it oh, uh, yes. Mohammed Mohayman Um, If you haven't seen the videos already, he was a black man in Phoenix, Arizona, who was stopped by the police while trying to use a public restroom, or I think it was a private restroom, which is why they called the police on him because he was um, homeless and he wasn't engaging in the business or wherever the private restroom was. So the people who owned the place called the cops on him. and he, there, there are a lot of factors in this. Um, I highly recommend watching the video and, and doing your own research on it. But it took place in 2017. The body cam footage just got released. And it shows, again, a lot of things. It was a very long um, arrest. But one of the key points in it was when the officers uh, just almost exactly as they did with George Floyd, basically piled on top of Muhammad and one officer put a knee into his neck, resulting in him uh, asphyxiating, according to a, um, uh, an independent coroner's report, um, that, uh, a coroner that the family hired. Um, and Muhammad also uh, said the phrase, I can't breathe, four times. Uh, in the footage that we have. Um, And he died during that. Um, And also, this is... um, So obviously this is totally tragic and another case of um, police not holding themselves accountable because there was basically no evidence of the atrociousness of the incident um before this body cam footage came out, um so it's it's just it's a it's another horrendous example of how the police intentionally um paint themselves in a civil light while committing uncivil and that's a very light word for it. Well, committing murder is yeah. what I'm saying.
1: Yes. Um, also, I like on I'm going to plug Code Switch again. On Code Switch, they're talking about like uh, what, what is it? Qualified immunity I think.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that because I, I did not watch that episode and I would uh, yet. um. But it's it's very relevant, so... I
1: mean, yeah. it's just that... It's it's just a term for, like, what we've already been seeing is that, uh, you know, there's not any guarantee for cops to be held accountable for anything that they do. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're always protected and they're always given, like, the benefit of the doubt. And even when everything lines up, like, against them, they still don't really receive what they should um and also like like it's it's just really hard to sue a cop um like even if they were completely in the wrong and you know they caused a lot of damage and you want to sue them for you know whatever it may be like so that you can get money for like hospital bills or you know just try to get some form of compensation for you know what what they did to you like so many judges literally don't even um like go through with the with the trials or with the cases because they just know that it's it's so rare that like you can actually like sue a cop. Like there's there's so many levels of protection for them. Um mm-hmm. and they were talking about just different stories where like the cops like blatantly did something wrong that can't be excused by anything. Um And, you know, nothing happened to them. Um, I think we Mm -hmm. should... I don't know, we could do more research on it and talk about it more. Because I think that's such, like, a prominent issue. And obviously it needs to change. But I think a lot of people, including, like, myself, um, were, like, unaware of it. Like, I I knew that it was happening, like, oh, like, cops just get, like, not even a slap on the wrist if they, like, murder someone. But there's, like, so Mm -hmm. much history behind it. And... Um like it just plays into the whole like systemic racism thing. Right. But yeah, I definitely and, think that we should talk about that on another episode too, but we're already at an hour and I also want to do more research on it, so
0: Yeah. Um and I mean if if, if you don't know, that's fine, but like is so let's take the um the uh oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. I'm a terrible person. Um, let's take the the Emmett Till case in '92. Mm-hmm. Um, is qualified immunity like the part where they moved the trial to an almost all white neighborhood and made the jury almost all white, or is it something that's like buried in a penal code somewhere that like you can't sue a police officer for this if this something like that?
1: Oh, they were talking about that. They're saying that you can't, like, really the only way that you can, um, I don't know, there's just, like, so many loopholes, and so when a cop does get, char- like, rightfully charged or convicted, um, if a similar situation comes up again, uh, mm-hmm. the details, like, have to match, like, exactly, which is really hard to do, like, was your was your kid in the room when the police was like beating you up in your own own home? Like, like, like what time of day was it? Stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that's definitely part of it. Like we've been knew that, um, like the system was, was made to only protect and benefit white people and only, Right. Yeah. whatever. But, um, there's like, Oh, 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 this is what they were talking about, which was very interesting, was there was some law passed to um, hold uh, law enforcement or just, like, leaders um, responsible for shit. And it, it it had something, it had to do with something, hello, I just had a stroke, it had to do with. The KKK and like that's a na- like the name of the law, has like, KKK in it because oh uh, yeah because the Jesus. leaders of the KKK were getting away with shit. Um, oh fuck! I just wait. Let me just see what the episode is called. It's so good. Like they they really get okay. into it. Um, give me a sec. Oh, it's literally called an immune system. I'm just going to read the little bio. It says um well it's technically possible to win a civil lawsuit against police officers for wrongdoing there's a reason it almost never happens a legal technicality called qualified immunity. On this episode we look at how a law meant to protect black people from racist violence gave way to a legal doctrine that many people see as the biggest obstacle to police reform. Mhm.
0: So um Go watch that episode if you yes. haven't. <laughs> okay. And what podcast is that, a, is that a part of?
1: Code Switch by NPR. <laughs> Ooh. That was um, fun because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: of, of course. I, that's what I would immediately assume. Because um, under normal circumstances... Uh, I it, I
1: would it, be like Whitney Houston. I, I would have yeah. done a whole run and it would have just... I
0: don't know where it's going with that. Good night. There would be <laughs> soaring high notes and deafening low notes, um, but in this case, in this case, not so much, and that's yeah. 100% maybe fine. maybe next time.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> next time, next time. Yeah. Um, well, that uh, basically concludes the episode. We're gonna uh, plug some stuff at the end, as we always do. Obviously, uh, Bailey's podcast plug for this uh, episode is Code Switch once again. Um, today I want to put y'all on to Sad Boys, uh, with a Z at the end. Uh, it's a podcast, uh, hosted by Jarvis Johnson and his friend Jordan, um, about emotions and life and, um, current issues, um, and just, uh, really insightful stuff from two very intelligent, funny, well-spoken people, so... Um, I would definitely recommend listening to that podcast, um, as well as signing the Justice for Muhammad Abdul Mahayman petition. Um, There are two on Change.org right now: one with about ten thousand, one with about twelve thousand supporters. Um, Just sign both of them; it's not that hard. Yes. Um, And where are we encouraging people to donate uh, on this episode?
1: Okay, so I was on Twitter and uh there's this trans woman and her GoFundMe is Winter Red Hawk and it's called Housing for Indigenous Trans Women. Um and she was kicked out of her home and her family is just very transphobic and they kicked her out and she's unemployed. Um so If you have some extra coin, send it her way.
0: For real. And uh, close it out with uh, two songs.
1: Ah, shit. Uh, (laughs) Can you start? I forgot about that. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. That was
0: such a quick... That was such a quick... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) Okay. Definitely... um, a song I've been listening to recently that's been making me feel good for once um, <laughs> yes is, King. We love <laughs> is uh you me and Nobody else by Quelly Chris and Jean gray um it's just a it's just a little love song you know just a little love song nothing you know just a little love song you know just um you know you know you know you know you know, you know. And then, um, speaking of love songs, I'll throw in, uh, You-Love by Jay Dilla. Um, it's a little, uh, one minute beat song, but it's, uh, really beautiful. And that whole album, uh, which is called Donuts is really beautiful. So definitely check that one out. Bailey, do you have, um, are you ready? (laughs)
1: Uh, okay. Um, (laughs) one song is called, uh, July on Film and, Oh my gosh, this woman's voice is delicious. I don't know how to say her name, but it's um, spelled Z E A U X I. Um, Wow. It it is so beautiful. Um, The other one. (sighs) um, (laughs) uh, uh. (laughs) So many
0: options. Really? just, Just choose a song. Just
1: choose a song. Oh.
0: There's so funny.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. This is okay. maybe the most relatable portion of the podcast we've ever I know. put out.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. This is a song that I heard for the first time today. I think I've only listened to it once or twice, but I'm I think it's good from what I remember. Uh, it's, I think called, it's good. Uh, Ford Cardinal. I think I was gonna send this to you, Will, but um, oh, I'll okay. Just, I'll just plug it here. Um, Ford Cardinal. By Halima, Halima, I don't know. Um, I think it's good. Uh, I saved it, so that has to mean something.
0: <laughs> if she if she was gonna send it to me, then it's probably pretty good. Yeah, um, I think I just so. forgot
1: to. But there it is. I'll send it to you. Okay. After because I <laughs> definitely forget.
0: That's that is very true, and that's uh, good to know. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, I guess that concludes this episode of Gun Girls Diaper, where we talk about real shit. Um, we will see you all later. Bye bye.
1: Oh wait. Okay. Psych. <laughs> Psych. Okay, wait. Hold on. 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 Hold on what? Hold on. Hold on, what? what hold on. What do you
0: want? No. What do you hold want? On. Hold on. What do you want? Hold
1: on. Hold on. What you want? <laughs> wait. What hold on are you missing, mate? <laughs> Okay, okay, wait, I did wait. the whole
0: outro. I did the whole outro. I know,
1: outro. you can edit, okay? It's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to because it's funny, but I did the whole outro. Sorry, bruv. Okay. You're doing the outro after this, by the way. I'm what? You're doing the outro after this.
1: Okay, got, okay. Um. I, I'm obligated, and... I just feel like I, I should say something as a Filipina, um, to, I'm just, okay, I haven't done enough research on, on the anti-terror law to speak on it, but I'm just gonna say that everyone listening should do their research and, um, basically some bad shit is going down in the Philippines and whatever y'all can do, sign petitions, um, call your representatives, but I, I gotta do my research too but I'm just gonna plug that and be like hey y'all like look into it cause that's important um okay now we can actually close out um sorry I, I made you do the <laughs> whole intro uh I mean outro hello um but yeah that was this episode uh thanks for listening um <laughs> what else do you say is that it I think that's it okay bye yeah. <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm pressing stop on the recording. Okay, here we go. <laughs>